We are excited. We are elated. Uh, those that are joining us um, by way of Facebook Live, we thank God for you as well. Um, I have folks that stop me uh, in the community and let me know that they're following us on Wednesday. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. We thank God for getting to be in study with us. And we thank God for those that uh, join us here at Cedar Top. Uh, we believe in study. We believe uh, in studying the Word of God and taking it seriously. We are just thankful for the awesome opportunity that God gives us uh, right here at Cedar Top. He's given us some great minds here, some, some folks that really enjoy studying the Word of God. I'm thankful as pastor here uh, for those that are committed to this. Uh, we also have our youth uh, that have their study at 615 as well. And so we're just thankful for the works that are going forth right here through Sea. Now let's go ahead and go into prayer and then we'll uh, we'll start this lesson for today. God again, we thank you. We thank you for these uh, these next few moments. Yeah. That you've given us, Father God. Uh-huh. Through your grace we've studied this uh, book of Philippians these last few weeks. And so Father God, we're asking that you just continue to breathe on this, Father God. Do it. As we study this fourth chapter in Philippians, remind us that the worrying is not of you. Remind us, Father God, that you called us to have peace. Uh So, Father God, if you said that we can have it, then it's ours to to take. There you go. So, forgive us, Father God, who have maneuvered underneath the blessing and the grace that you already promised. Remind us in this study that we're yours. Uh Bless those that are here. Bless those that join us. Bless those that you want to see. In the office of Jesus' name, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. Last week, I guess it was two weeks ago, uh, we looked at the the uh, the end of chapter three. Uh, when we talked about Philippians, I, I know we had uh, we took a break last Wednesday. Uh, we, we had the, you know, the funeral and a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But when we talk about Philippians, give me some characteristics. If somebody was, was sitting down and, and they were just now looking at uh, Philippians and studying them for the first time, what would be some of your introductions that you would provide me? Love. A love letter. Absolutely. Absolutely. A love letter from who to who? Love letter from all of the church. Church of Philippi. Yes, sir. Philippi where? Philippians and church is where? Macedonia. Where's that? Africa? Uh, Europe. Europe. Absolutely. What would be some other things that you would tell them about living? Love letter? Joy. Joy? Yeah, that would be the thing, if you will. Uh, Joy in the midst of. I I, I just put that. Um, Paul writes this letter for where? He's prison. Yeah, and he's prison. He, he writes that he writes this, and if you didn't know, you would you would think that he'd be sitting in his in his hand at the house with some lemonade. <laughs> he writes this from a, a, a situation where uh, literally guards right there beside him. Yeah. Palace, palace guards. Powerful, powerful picture right there. So what we're going to do today? We're going to just for a few moments. We're going to look at the fourth chapter, and we're going to look at the first uh, nine verses. If you will, from that, 
uh, continuing to use uh, for an outline and some thoughts a uh, Warren Wiersbe book. Okay, so if anybody wants to uh, grab a copy of these, he's got a whole series of them. Uh, he's a fantastic author, um, but uh, we're going to continue to use that for an outline. But I wanted to show that um, to to you all. So let's uh, let's go ahead and feel some of this some of this back, and we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Um, this uh, this evening. We had a fantastic uh, prayer meeting, and so I thank God for, for all those that stayed with us. This idea of you don't have to work. You don't have to work. And we look at that, and that's a title, and that's a great title. But you know what? That's where a lot of us are at right now. It's the burn. And I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, but they tell me that Stress can kill you. Take you out quicker than anything. We've done studies where, uh, even as a nation, the stress and all that. Even young, young ages now, we're finding stress in young children that uh, 30, 40 years ago you would not have seen. And so, and so as a as a country, we need to do a better job, a better job of stress. And really, when we talk about the witness of the church, um, we got to make sure that we're managing stress because the world is watching us. Yeah. You live long enough, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to get through this thing without some problems. Yeah. Everybody's got some problems. Everybody's got some struggles. Yeah. And so the difference for us as, as believers is that we have to be able to manage it, and it's and it's not through our power. It's not through your uh, your uh, power of positive thinking and, and all and all that. I'm not after anybody, um, but because of our relationship with Christ, we should be able to manage stress. Mm-hmm. With the and I know that that can seem harsh sometimes, especially when you're in the midst of it. It calls us to calls us to back when you can take a look at Paul. If anybody has a reason to be stressed out right now and, and worry, worry feel, it's Paul. Yes, sir. Most of the time you worry about someone, they don't amount to nothing no way. Yeah. Yeah, our worry doesn't add to anything and it doesn't take it, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. help the situation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm worrying. I don't really worry myself. I just want to go and have to take That's a great point. Even when our uh, walking back and forth late at night and trying to come up with all the answers to it, things yeah. still happen. That doesn't mean that we don't need to have some concerns. You know, he doesn't call us to have a laissez-faire uh, life when you just let things happen if you will. But he does he does call us to to um, do the best we can and allow allow him to move through how we use it. And it's not the situation per se, it's the heart. It's the heart that we maintain in the midst of the situation. Right. <coughs> One more. Okay. Acceptance. Acceptance. Okay. I can I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, you you I, I like to use the word settled. I like to use that. I, I that's an old term I get from Dr. Keith. Um, when you have the right relationship with Christ, things are settled in They're settled in your mind. And you can go through storms in life, <coughs> your head up and your shoulders back. 
Um, let's, let's look at this again. He talked about Paul. And if, if anybody can can if anybody can have a case for, for uh, being a worker in this, it's Paul. And Paul is the one that's saying, in the midst of this, I'm a trustworthy. He said, in fact, I'm going to do better now. I'm going to have joy. <coughs> in the midst of the circumstance. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful, powerful picture. We're going to talk in the end of the lesson. Uh, we're going to talk about what it means to, uh, to live this thing out. I mean, Paul didn't do anything. He lived it out. It's one thing for us to be up here and you sing a solo on Sunday when everything is going way up and, and all that. But it's another thing to live that thing out. Uh, Paul is saying to the Christians in, in Philippi, live this thing out. Remember, one of the characteristics of the Philippian church is that out of all the churches we have, this is probably the most mature church. So, so this is a picture of, of, of one of the <coughs> churches we can use. And even in the midst of that, Paul has to deal with some real issues. In fact, we're going to open up the beginning with the with the, uh, two issue, uh, one issue between two women, right? So let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and let's. I like to read it in its entirety. Now, let's let's look at four um, and let's look at verses one through nine, and then we'll walk up this lesson. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Euclidia, I believe that's the name, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also to contend and help these women who labor with the gospel. With Clement, Clement also, the rest of my fellow workers, who name joined the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, that, that the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue in it, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We're going to continue to look at this idea of the secure mind. The secure, secure mind. Paul, again, we opened up with this, he chose not to work. That's, that's key. There's a choice in this thing. <coughs> Worry is translated careful or anxious. It means to be pulled in different directions. Think about that. We talk about, about word. Look, school. Let's, let's, let's be real. When we talk about worrying, when we talk about when we worry, isn't it, isn't it so interesting that your mind, how your mind is pulled? So who's, who's, wor who's worried and you didn't worry about one thing? When you worry, you worry about all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're trying to fix something, but I, I, I wrestled with this. I, I, I thought for the longest, I thought it was mine to fix it mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. I thought it was mine that, that, you know, Lord, He blessed me and put me here to fix everybody, to fix both lives and, and fix everything. And one of the best lessons that I had to learn. 
is that I can't fix it. And it's not mine to fix I had to learn how to let the Lord handle some stuff. And when I was talking about that mind, I used to look, I used to stay up at night and I have look, I have everything, I have everything fixed in my mind. Well, if this doesn't go right, I'm gonna do this. If that, if that doesn't go right, then I got this right here. And I got a part, I got a part deep clean, and I had all this over every night. You wake up the next morning digging and everything. And the Lord had to, He had to take me along there and, and teach me that this ain't yours to fix. So this, so this idea of this, of this secure mind. And again, it's not that I just uh, I learned how to, to not do anything. It's not a day of fair where I just kind of let things go. But it's, it's, it's a life where I've learned to do the best I can. And I still wrestle. I still wrestle with the Lord has to forget to whoop my bottom sometimes. Right here in this last couple of weeks he had to whoop my bottom in church to remind me that this is not my church. Mm-hmm. This is his. Right. If it's going to grow, it's not going to grow because of who I think I am and all this that comes from the group because of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this idea, this idea of, of, of careful or anxious means to be pulled in different directions. The old, the old English root of word is to strain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see that. You can strain the light right out of it. Worry, listen to this. <coughs> Worry is wrong thinking, which is the mind, and wrong feeling about circumstances, people, and things. We, we, we talked about that in, I believe, the second chapter, second or third. We talked about uh, circumstances, people, and things, how they can steal your what? Your joy. If you allow it, look, and I say this all the time, your joy cannot be wrapped up Anybody or anything mm-hmm. outside of Christ. Yeah. I don't care how good your husband, I don't care how good your wife, I don't care how, how darling your children are. If you wrap it up, if you wrap up your joy in somebody, you're in trouble. <laughs> if your whole day is thrown off and somebody and somebody has an attitude, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's why I'm very careful. I understand the Monday concept. But I'm not going to let money, just because it's Monday, I'm not going to let it be bad. Yeah, right. I refuse. I refuse to tell somebody that it's going to be a bad day because it's going to be Monday. So worry is the wrong thinking and the wrong feeling about circumstances, people, people, and things. Worry is the greatest thief of joy. Yeah, we know that. We know that. <coughs> worry is an inside job, and it takes a secure mind to defeat it. All right, let's let's kind of work this thing through, through real quick. When we talk about when we talk about worry, but one of the worst things you can do, and I and I try not to do it. First thing, if somebody tells me tells you not to worry about it, what's the first thing you do? Worry. Worry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I said, don't even worry about it. That's the first thing you do is start thinking about it, right? That's, that's human. That's human nature. We have to be able to. Um, and, and, and I read, and I talk about Power of Positive Thinking, Vincent Peale. That's a good book. That's a good book. And when I first, um, I can remember when I first um, took my new job, it's been 20 years ago, uh, somebody gave me that book, and I thought it was a great book and all that. And, um, and I tried to adapt 
adapt that to my thinking. And what I learned, I learned that it had to be a heart change too. That's where I, that's where I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got these little antidotes that you can do and all that stuff, and nothing's wrong with that. But when it's all said and done, we have to regulate our heart in order to be effective in this way. Nothing wrong with your affirmations. Keep doing your affirmations. Keep doing your power and positive Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's all said and done. If we're talking about a peace of God, it's got to be a heart. It's got to be a heart. So worry is an inside job that takes a secure mind to defeat. That's Philippians 4 and 7. We already covered that. A secure mind and the peace of God guards and guides. And we're talking about that specifically. Peace guards and How we experience the secure, the secure mind, and this is going to be really our outline for this evening. Right praying, right thinking, and right living. Alright? Right praying, right thinking, and right living. So let's look at this. Let's let's unfold this idea of right praying. First off, who believes in who believes in prayer? Let's just make sure. Okay. Who feels like their prayer life can improve? Yeah. Okay. I'll make sure everybody knows <laughs> something. We, we we struggle with that. Um, who has seen who has seen their prayer life grow? Say in the last year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one thing I think is so important for us to improve in our prayer life. But there's, um, I'm not sure, I think it was Martin Luther. It was one of them, one of the, the leading theologians in, in church history. I think they spent, I think it was Martin Luther spent so many hours in prayer. And then he read, I think he read Romans every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was sitting there reading, maybe it was Augustine, one of them, St. Augustine, one of them. I, I was sitting there reading that, and I was thinking, you know, I'm very nowhere near listening. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I know is that God doesn't call us, you know, it's not a competition. Right? Right. And so when we're talking about prayer, I don't want anybody to be, to be intimidated. If you're praying in two minutes a day right now, the next week, let's try to go for or we'll try tomorrow, let's try to go for me. All right? Get comfortable. Get comfortable talking to the Lord. One thing that I, I, I've started, I've, uh, I've picked up last year, is I, I literally throughout the day, I'm talking, walking and talking. Mm-hmm. Constantly, constantly talking. So this, this idea of, of, of right praying, that's six and seven. Actually, I do, before I do that, Let's look at that first part because I thought that's I think that's true. I implore uh, media and I implore syndicate to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who label with me in the gospel. That's two. Let's make sure that we don't fly past that. Uh, he doesn't touch on that that much, but I do want to make sure we understand that. You've got two women that are in the church in the plural. They're white. It's a little. Um, It'd be a little awkward because keep in mind this letter is read publicly. And can you imagine? Because you probably have both of them there in that setting and Paul had to address and whatever. And that's a good church, keep in mind. 
But Paul is saying, before we even talk about this, let's make sure there's unity. There's unity. You can't have joy if you don't have unity. Yeah. And it's interesting, he says, I want you all to get, to get whatever it is to take care of it and deal with it. And I'm talking about the church but he also says, I need you as believers, I need the Philippian church to encourage these young ladies to get this stuff together as well as people. Cedar Top should be a place like that. Yeah. We're encouraged not to bicker, but we're encouraged to have unity yeah. and to love one another. Yeah. See, sometimes, I'm not necessarily talking about it, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. But sometimes you get folks that from a distance, they see the corner, they see the argument, they do what? Throw gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. Get them, girl. And that's not that's not Christian. That's right. And we should and we understand we have disagreements, that's part of life. We should we should be um, working towards dealing with that divide. And then we should be encouraging one another to deal with that divide. It's interesting. Paul opened up a whole chapter with this. Before he goes with all his right brain, right thinking, he says, No, no, no. Make sure that you're dealing with your sister right. Make sure you're dealing with your brother right. There's a passage that talks about, you know, talk about giving, right? Before you walk your mind up to this, this time box, you got something that's not right with your sister and brother. Deal with it. So I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch on that before we go. So now let's look at this. Let's look at this right frame. Paul is saying, "How do I get this secure mind that you're talking about? How do I deal with the issues of life? They're going to come, but how do I walk steady in it?" First, he's saying, "Right, right frame, six to seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving." Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Alright? <coughs> Key things that he looks at this when he talks about right praying. First, he talks about prayer, right? Prayer is the general idea of making our requests known to the Lord. Um, Dr. Peoples one time, or not one time, he used to teach that, that prayer is really thanking the thoughts of God. Messed up thinking the thoughts of God. Um, that's why. That's why it's for, one. There's a book out there, and I, I may, I may buy some books to give to the church. We need that in our life. Uh, one thing they, they talk about sometimes when we talk about prayer is even speaking through the Psalms sometimes. Mm-hmm. See, there's nothing wrong with coming to God uh, in, your, in your own tongue and all that, but your prayer should be, your prayer should be growing to the point. <laughs> Now, in fact, prayer is really lining up with the will that he has for you. So what am I saying? When you're saying it, then, I'm not after anybody's car or what you have out there. But you have, but you have, if, if your prayer in the last two weeks has been, Lord, I really need that Lamborghini. <laughs> Lord, I really need you to work through this thing. You need this deck on. I need this Lamborghini. <laughs> That's probably all. The reason I say that is because they, they don't talk about a Lamborghini in the book. Now, if we seek, if we seek Him, mm-hmm. all things are added that we yeah. need. Yeah. All right. There's nothing wrong with saying, "Lord, I, 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 I'm, I'm trusting that You're going to work through this." Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I need a vehicle to go to work. I'm not, I'm not saying that. 
And I'm not saying that God has called us to live like poppies for per se. But when you talk about lining your, your thoughts and lining your prayer up with, with, with God, it's got to line up with his, with his word that he's given us. You only get that from reading the word and studying the word. So, so Paul used three words to describe right praying. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. It carries with it the idea of adoration, devotion, worship. Adoration is what we need. We must worship and see the greatness of God. One thing we have to be careful of is we have to, we have to constantly remember that we're coming before a great God. Um, look, they, they, they talk about it, the pastor talks about um, going where rain is here at night. You run right on in. Angels who are in the presence of God constantly. They sit there and say, holy, holy, holy. They understand how great God is. And we come in any old way. We come in. And, 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 and he is your father. And, and, and you do want to be comfortable. But you must also recognize that he is an all-knowing and all-powerful God. Yes. And adoration of the vastness and the greatness of God must constantly be reminded. We don't yeah. have to be reminded, reminded of that. So adoration allows us not to rush into God's presence, but calmly in deep reverence. Supplication is an earnest sharing of our needs <coughs> and our problems. We are not heard, and there should be F-O-R-F-O-E-R, for our much speaking. So keep in mind, we talk about that badly, right? Paul talks about that. Matthew talks about that. You've got to be careful just, just um, you know, and, and nothing wrong with you. To keep prayers. I'm not asking anybody to keep prayers. But those rope prayers, you have to, you have to be careful. You have to be careful with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with God, you know, your little, your little prayers over your fish sticks. I'm not asking. I'm not saying you can do a 25 minute prayer over your little mayonnaise sandwich. That's not what I'm asking. But if, if we've got a prayer that's just automatic, we're not even thinking about it. That's the babbling that they're talking about in Matthew. That's what the pagans did. The pagans just this, this babble, right? And they said, no, 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 no. Your heart needs to be in That's the supplication. Your heart and your mind needs to be attached to it and part of that. Right? We are to be earnest in our asking. And we've got some, we've got some passages right, right there. Look, Jesus, who was literally praying to himself, if you think about it, Jesus himself was in such prayer in the garden that he had sweats of blood coming from him. <clears throat> he talked to himself. So, 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 so this idea of prayer, we need to, we need to make sure that it's, look, when you talk about a church, the most important thing we do is pray. Yeah. When you talk about secure mind, that's the most important thing we do is make sure our, our prayer lives are where they need to be. Yeah. Well, supplication is a matter of spiritual intensity and not carnal energy. That's Romans 15 and 30 is that, is that background right there. Um, appreciation is giving thanks to God. Um, that Luke 17 account, that's where you had the lepers, right? Mm -hmm. you that? How many lepers came back once Jesus healed them? One came back. He healed them and one, one circled back and said thank you. Mm -hmm. This, this appreciation, this thankfulness, 
Um, these will be part of our prayer. We are eager to ask and slow to appreciate. Alright? That's, that's, that's human nature. Look, if we're not careful, we'll have our list already ready for God. That's why this morning when I when I when I am and I'm not the I'm not the model. Or I probably should be the model. I'm not the perfect prayer. I've got work to do. But one thing I do, I try to sit down and first get an idea of what I'm praying to. Before I start my list, God, I need you to go ahead and get my back together. Lord, you know where to build at this month and, and all that. Before I do all that, I try to sit down and remember who I'm praying to. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Before you, before you, that's a good, that's the model prayer, right? Right. That's a good, that's a, if you ain't, if you don't have your prayer life together, that's a good one to start with right there. That's the model. That's the model. But before we get into any of this, we recognize that we're praying to an almighty God. Right praying depends on the right mind and takes growth. We talked about that. Paul calls us to take everything to Christ in prayer. We are prone to take only big things to God. Right? And but mine, I said it a couple weeks ago, I think I even said it in this setting on the service. Um there is no such look, you don't have everything you bring to God is a little thing. <coughs> think about that. You're dealing with a big God. And you start saying, well, you know, this is too little to God. Everything you bring to him is little to him. <laughs> so Paul says you bring everything. You bring everything, everything to him. The peace of God guards the areas that create your word. That's a heart in our mind again, right? The peace of God literally guards. And, and Paul, keep in mind, Paul is sitting there right there with guards next to him. You know, he's got this, he's got, he's bringing this military set, but it's real to him. He understands what it means to, to guard. <coughs> not the guards right here physically, but to me, this God's peace that is literally standing beside me and holding me in the midst <coughs> of this trouble. Paul calls us to take everything to Christ in prayer. When we give our hearts to Christ in salvation, we experience peace. Somebody click the Romans 5 and 1 and read that real quick. When we give our hearts to Christ in salvation, we experience peace. May I have that? Think about that. Now, we're not necessarily talking about when you take the chair. We're talking about when the heart, the heart is converted, right? There's a peace that is given to us. If we look, um, we look at the Daniel account, the quiet confidence in any circumstances is illustrated with Daniel. If you haven't read that account in a while, take a look at it. What? Tell me something about Daniel. This account right here, this is going to be what? Yeah, he prayed. They tell him not to pray, though, right? And they say, anybody who is not found, who is found not praying to who? The king will be dealt with. But you see in that scene when Paul, when uh, Daniel was thrown into what? That lion's den. Confidence. That, that comes from that. Prayer. How many times do you pray a day? 
three, right? They knew. They knew because it was it was the folks who was trying to trip them up, right? They were jealous of them. They knew they could get him because he was a praying man. And his prayer life was consistent. And so all they had to do was sit there and just wait. They knew he would pray one or three times a day, right? See, most of us, we wouldn't be caught praying. People would watch us all day. Now on Sunday, when the lights are on, they watch us when the lights are not on, we wouldn't be caught in the right. With Daniel, though, Daniel, he was consistent. But because of that, when, the, when, when life threw him a curveball, he was able to, to remain calm. And he remained calm and sent the death on dogs of the line. So we have this, this right prayer. And you don't have to worry because uh, once you have the right, thank you. Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, excuse me, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, not the New King James Version, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The problem with many of us is we meditate on everything except that list right there. <laughs> One thing that I, I try to do with, uh, and it's just, young men is typically what I, what I do, but, but um, we're at a point in time where young ladies need to hear the same thing. But one thing that I try to do, what's wrong here? One thing that I try to do with, with young men is I try to tell them how important it is to stay away from certain stuff. Pornography. Um, um, images. Look. One of the most dangerous things you can do is pour that stuff into your mind 10, 15 hours. Hmm. And it's so easy. But you, you just have to hide a little bit. You, know, you just go to the CVS and get your little paper bag and put it over it. Now you, you got it on your phone. Yeah. These are real conversations that we have to have. We got it. We got it. The percentage of ministers that are less than the mm -hmm. And what I try to impress is who that stuff is. Number one, it's going to throw you off your relationship. That's not even my number. I'm trying to help somebody. I help myself. I'm trying to help That stuff, let me help somebody that maybe wrestle with it down there. What that does to you is that gives you a false idea. Because <laughs> you're, dealing, you're dealing with a, a, an image that is not true. Amen. That's, that's free. That's free right there. Alright? And then it's not just it's not just pornography. It's, it's not that we like, there's certain shows that I can't watch. Yeah, there's certain stuff I I can't watch. I'm like, no, I can't I can't do this and preach. I can't watch this stuff anymore they come in this pulpit. One of, my, one of my best best movies is 300. I can't watch 300 before I come here. <laughs> it does something. You're meditating on it. It does something. What do you got in You spoke earlier. We are bombarded society. We are bombarded through mass media. Everything is based around that foundation of. So, what I'm saying? 
can't do it. Oh. You have to look a certain way. You know, it's about it's about Bible and showing.
The wrong thinking leads to wrong feelings and pulls the heart and mind apart. We talked about that. Look, you, you can even think about it in your own life, your own situation. You've got to do this. Um, when you were really hurting and really dealing with some stuff, for most of us, you know, you think the relationship that you've been with. Think about how kind of off your thinking was and your feelings were wrong. Can you remember that when you were really hurt you were really dealing with some stuff? I can remember when I was going through it. I'll never forget. I wish I knew that man's name. I called a contract office in the house and uh, to do some stuff, and I, it was a tough period for me. And he showed up. We had to read time and all this stuff. And he showed up and ready to work, and he had his truck and his tools there. And I came out there, and I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, we, just, we had just talked, Mr. Fain, about doing this. And, and I said, that's not what we talked about. And he ended up, he didn't, he didn't argue with me, he just turned around and left. And after he left, I thought, I think we did have that conversation. But what it was is my emotions and everything was so off that I would have, look, I would have taken him to court right then. It's like, no, you're off. And then I thought about it, well, we did talk about that. We did say that. That's why you got to be careful trusting, trusting your feelings, per se, especially when you're hurt. Yes. Right? The compass, the compass is wrong. So that's what we're talking about. The wrong thing against the wrong feelings. It pulls the heart and the mind apart. I had so much stuff in my mind that there was no sin purpose. We must bring to captivity our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Think about that. We must bring into captivity our thoughts in obedience, in obedience to Christ. So think about that. That's when Paul, Paul talks about that he, he punches the body into submission. Doesn't he talk about that? Same, the same thing with us. We literally have to, have to um, train ourselves through the Holy Spirit to, to, to deal with it. Look, it used to be that uh, my automatic my automatic thing was to, okay, fix it, worry about it, and fix it right then. So my growth in my Christian walk is that I first had to I had to have a guarded heart and turn, learn how to turn that peace, that peace on if you will. So instead of me getting all frantic and dealing with it, no, 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 I settle down and listen to the Lord. That's growth, right? That's growth. So we got to train ourselves, train our, uh, train ourselves. We must bring into captivity our thoughts, the obedience of Christ. Listen to this: sow a thought, reap an action; sow an action, reap a habit; sow a habit. Reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. And all that started with what? A, one thought. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have it in front of me, but they say to, to develop a habit, you have to do something for what? It's like 21 days. I think that's right. Think about that. Think about right now the habit that we thought we could never do. We could never establish. But just think about it. For most of us, it's that ain't, we thought about that three, four years ago. Four, five years ago. If we would have just done it for 21 days, think about what we would be doing right now. Hmm. Paul shows that we should think as Christians. Whatever is true, the Holy Spirit controls our mind through the truth. The devil controls with lies. There's a lot that can go into that, but all you gotta do is look in that garden and see. 
I mean, he, he pretty much threw out his, I mean, he's been using that for centuries. He threw out his game plan right then, and we're still falling for it. Still falling for the lies. Whatever is honest and just, worthy of respect and right, and not allowing dis dishonorable things to take focus. All right? Again, we're talking about the right, the right thinking. Paul shows that we should think as Christians on whatever is pure, lovely, and of good report. Pure probably refers to moral purity. Lovely means beautiful, attractive, of good report, worth talking about. That worth talking about is key. Most of us talk about it ain't worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Look, I have to catch myself. You do too. You should. You should be doing it. I try not to gossip. <laughs> and we all wrestle with it. We all struggle with it. But I try to catch myself to say, you know what? And I, I definitely try not to do it. But even if I'm in the midst of the gossip, and I try to, I try to back away. Start talking about the Knicks or the cats or something. <laughs> because what that does, what that does, that, that tearing down of folks, what they can do to the body of Christ. And remember, we have the power as what? We're speaking stuff into existence. Whatever possesses virtue and praise, if it has virtue, it will motivate us to do better. If it has praise, it's worth commending to others. Again, this is that idea of that right thinking, what I, what I focus in on on a daily basis. Now, this doesn't mean that I put my head in the sand and forget what's going on. All right, there's some there's some <coughs> there's some groups out there, and I don't want to call them cults per se, but there's some uh, uh, there's some groups out there, some, some groups that we we thought of, a lot of them died, some of them died out because they they they, they did not they 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 closed themselves so much that, that and they and they they really chose not to reach out, and God has placed us where He's placed us. He was dealing with the Philippians there. He said, no, 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 no. You need to stretch out and be a light in the midst of a dark, dark situation. And I mean, in fact, Matthew said, you don't take your light and put it under under worship. See David's description of the word in, in Psalm. Somebody open that Psalm 19, 7 through 9. Right thinking is a result of daily meditation in the Word. What does Psalm 1 say? Say, I think on these things, right? Day and night. Then I have Psalm 19, 17, 9. The law of the Lord is perfect. Confirming the Sabbath. <coughs> Make it wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first part was David understood the importance of God's law. And I and I'm afraid that with all that we've got now, we've got access and keep in mind during this time, would everybody have a Bible? Oh. Of the Old Testament, in the Old Testament time. I 
Now we've got access to every translation. We got stuff on the And we uh, bless you. We literally refuse to read the word of God. And then we wonder when life gets tough, why everything except godly stuff comes out of us. Right. Because we didn't put it. The Holy Spirit brings to remembrance those things. Brings to remembrance. Remember <laughs> indicates that it had to have been in there first. Don't get this thing across, Moses. Right thinking is a reserve of daily meditation in the Word. Now, let's close out with this again. We're talking about the secure mind. We get the secure mind by right praying, right thinking. <coughs> now we're going to look at right living. Alright? Philippians 4 9, then we'll, we'll call it a night. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. First off, who, who can say that about their life? Who can say if, 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 uh, if you follow me, you're going to have some peace? Honest. If you do what I do and say what I say, you're going to have peace. That, that a characteristic for a lot of us. We cannot separate separate outward action and inward attitude. That's key. Because the problem with a lot of our weakness is that we damage it. We damage it uh, Monday through really Sunday morning. <coughs> and then by the time we get to church, Sunday school by not his damage. And nobody great follow us after what we're doing. And you can't. Can't do that. At some point, at some point, the gospel is going to have to first take hold of our situation. The man that had the man that had the son, the son that was wrestling with those demons, he said, "I brought him to you." He said, "I brought him to your disciples." I heard the disciples had, had some power, but I brought him to him, and they couldn't hear him. And the problem with many of us is they've watched us, they've watched us not conquer, not conquer our own demons. And not conquer our issues. We've been wrestling with the same stuff for 25, 30 years. And they're saying, well, sure, you ain't. This is God you talk about. We can't help you if you you own this board, that board. <coughs> We're gonna be a witness. And we have to show that the gospel has changed our situation. Not just on Sunday when we got the mic and I That's our marriages. That's our relationship with our children. That's our relationship with our with our parents. That's our relationship with our sister and brother. You can't talk about the love of God and you and you hate them. Hate everybody in Nicholas Field. Amen. <laughs> Sin always results in unrest. Again, unless the conscience is seared. If you, if you have a seared conscience, meaning that your heart, your heart is completely turned off to God, you're going to be comfortable with what you're doing. Well, guess what? This is your reward. You don't want this to be As tough as life is, you don't want this to be your reward. You don't want this to be your reward. 
security should result in peace. Right living is a necessary condition for experiencing the peace of God. As a child of God, you can't treat anybody any other way and have peace. Amen. Can't do it. If you don't have something working on you after you done worked on somebody, you better check where you at. Right. I check where I'm at. Paul balances four activities in this. He talks about learn, right? He talks about receive. Then he talks about being heard and seen. We talk about learn. We talk about we must learn about the truth, right? We talk about receive. We must receive what we learn inwardly and make that part of the inner man. That reception has to constantly be changing that inner man. The scriptures should be changing, changing me on the inside. It's not an outside. Look, I don't improve from outside in. I improve from the inside out. Alright? Even, even in the medical field. You know, if you, if you go into the if you go into the doctor's office with some stuff that's, that's skin related, first thing they do is take a look on what's going on on the inside, right? Because if they just deal with the outside and the inside is it ain't going nowhere. Heard and seen. Cannot just have head knowledge. But we, we must live it. But the Pharisees, they do this, they do this book <clears throat> in and out. And, 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 and Jesus literally said, John the Baptist, John the Baptist was called Michael's. And respect his word is what it is. They knew, they knew the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, they knew that thing forward and back. But did not know the God that they were doing. So it's not just a head nod. You can't just come in here and check, do a checklist. You say, well, I got it out of the way on Sunday. I'm good. The peace of God is a test if we are in God's will. That's in Colossians 3 and 15. The peace of God is a test if we are really in God's will. If you don't ever have peace with a situation, you better check. You better check where you are. That doesn't mean that things are perfect. We're not talking about circumstances being perfect. We're talking about, and I said the last few more times, and they would say that I watch folks struggle with That I watch them be able to deal with that. Be able to sit up, say that they can sit up. Many times we came in here and he literally took everything he had sit back. I watch some of us, we start fishing that for about four minutes. <laughs> I'm like, where is the regular going with this? <laughs> I ain't getting nothing to open up. I did the scripture and the prayer here everybody right time. <laughs> but what am I saying? I'm saying that when you've got a peace, you can deal with stuff. God exercises his peace over our hearts when we, when we walk with him. When we are disobedient, we lose peace. God's peace is the umpire. There is no middle ground. We have to yield heart and mind to the Spirit of God, or we will pull apart. And I ended by saying, Father, Father. Any questions? Any questions on that?
God, again, we thank you for this uh, for this hour, this 45 minutes or so that we've got a chance to study this. Thank you for the constant reminder that we have uh, from this letter of home impresses upon us the importance of meditating on the word, the importance of constantly being perfect, the importance of thanking all those things that are true. So God, we thank you for the example that Paul had for us. We're praying that even in the midst of what's going on in our own lives, we allow the peace, Father God, to guard our hearts. Father God, whatever those circumstances are, whatever those people, whatever those things that we, that we must deal with, Father God, give us the heart and the mind to first seek you. Sing your God, Son, Jesus' name, we ask all these things. Bless those that are here even now. Bless those that join us by way of faith in God. Sing your Son, Son, again, we ask all this. Amen. 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 Amen.